Purgatory, and welcome to Dawson's Critique. I'm Erin Hensley. And I'm Julia Callahan, and we are two former college roommates and current BFFs who have loved Dawson's Creek since episode one first aired on the WB all those years ago. Join us for this spoiler-free podcast as we break down one episode every week. We're going to reminisce about our memories of the show and tell you stories of how Dawson's Creek defined our generation. Today, we discuss season four, episode 11, The Tao of Dawson. <laughs> oh, God. I know. Is it cultural appropriation? <laughs> I mean, there was a movie called like The Tao of Steve or the, a book or something that was like big around this time, I feel like. That doesn't really answer my question. That was, that was not an answer to your question. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's not my lane and I'm not going to I know. Sit in I did look it up and I was like, okay, on Wikipedia it says it's a Chinese word signifying the quote way, quote path, root, road, or sometimes loosely doctrine, principle, or holistic beliefs. Yeah. But, you know, like I get it, but it's you're a part also of like, Buddhism. Yeah. So, yeah. But you're also like, okay, anyways. Okay. <laughs> Written by Jeff Stepakoff. Jeff, my brother, I have some questions. <laughs> directed by Keith Samples, who also directed episodes of The Practice, Judging Amy, and Reba, and produced the movies Big Night, which I love, and Election, a classic. Oh, shit. Starring yeah. Chris Klein, who I believe was dating Katie Holmes at this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, don't quote me on that. Uh, okay, so Aaron, welcome to 2001. This originally Here. aired January 10th, 2001. Wow. Wow. I know. We, we were getting ready to graduate from high school. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. So description from Wikipedia. Pacey and Dawson finally start hanging out together again when Dawson tells him that he has feelings for Gretchen. Pacey hates the idea, so when he and Gretchen go on a road trip to her ex-boyfriend's house to pick up her truck, Pacey tries to get them get back together. However, after being there for a while, Pacey sees that the guy he's trying to get Gretchen back together with is not who he thought he was. <laughs> to say the least. Mm. Back in Capeside, Joey has her fair share of problems when she gets locked in a storage area at the Yacht Club with Drew Valentine, an event he set up to avoid going to visit his father. Meanwhile, Dawson observes the feelings growing between Brooks and Grams and fears that Grams will get hurt when she finds out Brooks is terminally ill. Gretchen finally gives in to her feelings for Dawson. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, okay. So my history is mysteries. January 1st, 2001, a black monolith measuring 8.9 feet appears in Seattle's Magnuson Park, replaced by placed by an anonymous artist in reference to the monolith from the movie 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. They had that over the pandemic, too. Yeah, someone was doing those in, like, the Utah desert and stuff, huh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They were, like, I think in, there was, like, one in, like, Armenia or Turkey yeah. or something, too. Yeah, there interesting. Uh, January 1st, 20, 2001, Kolkata in West Bengal, India, officially restores its name from Calcutta. Cool. Kolkata, sorry. Um, it's January 2nd, 2001. Sila Calderon becomes the first female governor of the U.S. territory of Puerto Rico. Hmm. Cool. And finally, January 10th, 2001. U.S. Federal Trade Commission approves the merger of America Online and Time Warner to form AOL Time Warner. 
Oh, yeah. That was a huge, huge, deal. huge deal. They're like, um, don't worry. Tech companies won't get that big. We don't really need to <laughs> monitor that. No, no. That will never come back and bite us in the ass. Never. <laughs> Tap hardly. Uh, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, the number one movie is still Castaway to be. Oh, isn't okay. that wild? Oh, yeah, it was number one for time. a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, still haven't seen it. Didn't watch it yeah. this week. <laughs> Uninterested <Nope>. still to this <laughs> <Yeah>. day. <laughs> number one song is still Independent Woman Part One by Destiny's oh Child. Wow. Also, if y'all need a little smile on your face, you know those two guys, Twins in the New Trend on YouTube, who did who like react to the videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do one to this that is oh, awesome. great. Great. I'll yeah. have to watch that. It's yeah. amazing. And they're like, they're like, oh, Dusty Child, never heard of him. And then they're like, whoa, is that Beyonce? <laughs> <laughs> That's Made me laugh. I was like, oh, voice. <laughs> um, so honestly, the top 10 is like kind of almost the same as it's been. Like they're all switching places, but they're basically the right. same 10 songs. So we've got some big debuts this week that I will tell you. Number one, Thank You by Dido. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Which was it was on an episode of Dawson's Creek in season yeah. three, but I think it's debut radio or something. Was this? Week? I don't oh, know. That's what it says yeah, on the yeah. billboard. So I don't know. Yeah, that yeah, might yeah. be wrong. But um, and then the way you love me by Faith Hill. Yeah. I love yeah. Faith Hill. I do too. <laughs> I do too. I do. I I'm a big country music fan. Um, so yeah, I feel like I am more than I realized. I was listening to Casey Musgraves last night and I was like, damn, damn. Awesome. I did make you listen to a lot of country on road trips. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and I made you go to a Toby Keith bar a lot, which for which I apologize yeah. profusely. <laughs> Seriously. I just remember always this commercial for the country radio station in LA. I don't know what its name hey, was, frog? but it frog? always played this. No, they've all changed okay. since I was a kid, like the Sorry. titles. But anyways, uh, and the song was always like, I've got a barbecue sauce stain on my white T-shirt. And I was just like, <laughs> how could anyone listen to that music? Yeah. <laughs> so here for me, my mother used to pay, play me Patsy Cline records when I was a kid. Uh-huh. And so my love of country came from that, from like mm-hmm. old, you know, Patsy Cline, yeah. Loretta Lynn, Dolly Parton records. Yeah. And then our roommate uh, in college, Jules, was a big Johnny Cash fan, and she's yeah. she got me into Johnny Cash. Um, yeah, but like Johnny Cash, you know, Dolly Parton. You're like, yeah, yeah, these I can get behind, yeah. but I couldn't like listening to the radio. I was like, this is unlistenable to me. Yeah, <laughs> there was like a lo- lot of bro country in the '90s. Some of which mm-hmm. is very good, and some of which is absolutely horrendous. Um, yeah. I really like Alan Jackson, who's like twangy mm-hmm. honky tonk country um and sings about cornbread and chicken um <laughs> maybe and, he did that song and front porch sitting stain on the white he might have he might have also my dad was a big jimmy buffett fan so mm. like there was that kind of like caribbean country is that what that is i <laughs> I mean, white I people jam. Caribbean country. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm a huge Jimmy Buffett fan. The other day, I was like, I was thinking about my dad. And I was listening to it, and Jen walked in and was like, "Do you know every single word to every single one of these songs?" And I was like, "I absolutely do." She was like, "I'm learning so much about you in this band." <laughs> That's incredible. So there you go. It's my story. Um, <laughs> so look, Aaron, we're gonna open with. Dawson and Pacey hanging out. Hey, it's really beautiful. They just kind of drop it. it in, like 
nothing to see here. This is totally yeah. normal. These two <laughs> like, boys just fishing on the dock. Yeah. I've never seen them fish before. And no. like, what dock is we this? We did see them fish that one episode. They went on that fishing trip. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Dawson's bad at it. We didn't see Dawson actually fish. No, he's not good at it. <laughs> um, it's do- it's the dock in front of Dawson's house. Is it? it looks I was different. wondering. It was just a different angle. It was a different angle. I was wondering, and then they show one angle where I was like, "Oh, that's the dock." Okay. Yeah. It's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Sunrise, dawn, er- and Pacey's early, yeah. like, "Oh, I'm stoked that we're hanging out, but like, it didn't have to be this fucking early." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's an Aaron Hensley line if I've ever heard one for real. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do not make plans with Aaron Hensley before 11 a.m. She will cut you. Um, (laughs) and uh, and dawson's like well here's the thing we're hanging out i'm glad we're hanging out but i gotta tell you something heads up i like gretchen yeah and he's like what kind of like are you talking about he says you like her like her you like her or you like her like her and dawson says great line we're talking about gretchen winter not winnie cooper (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Dawson. Yeah. And, you know, Dawson's like, he, <laughs> you know, he says to Pacey, like, the thing is, like, if you had told me last year, like, that you like Joey, things would be totally different. I mean, is that true? Like, of course it's true because, like, it just would have unfolded differently. So, like, in that yeah. way, sure. But do <laughs> I think that, like, they would be friends still and like that pace dawson would have forgiven him or yeah. that like there would have been this like you know situate i don't that part i don't know i mean and to be honest like pacey should have told dawson he should have sure 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 know? oh yeah 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 definitely but like you know i'm kind of like do we think do we think that that's gonna really have changed like where they're at right now i don't think that i buy that no no, I, I definitely think that they wouldn't be friends still. Yeah. Also, I want to say, so, like, Pacey, um, right before he says that to Pacey, he says something about, like, you know, Pacey's like, you know, you have real feelings. Like, he, Pacey's kind of trying to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And, like, and he's, like, Dawson, or Pacey's kind of trying to explain away, like, Dawson's feelings. He's kind of like, but you you don't have, like, you just kissed, like, under the mistletoe. It wasn't a big deal, right? And Dawson says, I like her. And even though she won't acknowledge it, I think in some ways she feels the same way about me. And I, yeah. my question is just like, how much pain and suffering do you think this line of thinking has caused women in the history of the world? I mean, we ramble on about it every week, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> True. True. Um, and then Pacey's like, tells Dawson, like, sisters are off limits. Like, you're yeah. not. So, no. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, like, yeah, when Dawson's like, if you had told me it would have been different and Pacey's like, yeah, but we're friends. Like, Gretchen's my sister. This is kind of a different scenario. Right. And like, to be honest, it is like, like in the way in which Pacey's saying, but like not in what Dawson's saying. Dawson's like, look, if you had been honest with me, so that's what I'm trying to learn from that lesson and be honest with you because this is like a weird situation. So like, I feel like we should just try to be honest with each other. Um, And like. You know, it's awkward in a good way because, like, boys don't talk about their feelings. So, like, this is, like, they're both uncomfortable about this conversation or, like, they're uneasy about this conversation because they don't have the experience talking about these things. 
Totally. And actually, Dawson says a line that I love, which is like, I'm not asking for your permission, Pacey. I'm just letting you know. Yeah. And like that I really like because it's like. I love that. I mean, I, I, you know, it's not no one gives permission except for Gretchen. But, you know, like Dawson just basically being like, this is not what I'm asking you. Yeah, this isn't like a conversation (laughs) like that. I'm just like, heads up, bro. Right. And then like Pacey asks like, you know, okay, well, what are you going to do? And and Dawson just kind of says, I'm just going to like, let it play out. You can't force these things. <laughs> like, that's what I learned last spring is you can't force it. And Pacey's like, so you're just going to do nothing. And Dawson's like, well, yeah, I did nothing and we already kissed. So like, I'm going to keep doing nothing, <laughs> which is actually sound logic. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it definitely is interesting. Like I'm such a planner, so like Mm -hmm. when Pacey's like, "What's the plan?" Dawson's like, (laughs) "Nothing." You're like, "I don't know how that's gonna work." Yeah, you've just like assumed Gretchen (laughs) likes you, and since she likes you, you're acting like there's not all these other issues like that Pacey laid out, like them being siblings, you know, and like whatever awkwardness or like complicated that you know complications that could bring to the table and you're just gonna like let it play out like you know interesting I mean like I do think you kind of have to let things play out for sure but you also want to like participate in them like communicating communication wise (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I but I also I think like there's this way in which Dawson not planning some big grand gesture to like try to Mm -hmm. win Gretchen over is like the way to go yeah definitely (laughs) Yeah, yeah I think it's a turning point for Dawson to be like I'm just going to let it go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this yeah. is a big deal for me, you know? <laughs> right. Um, for sure. So, so we go to the credits, and then we go to the Witter Wagoneer, where mm-hmm. where the Witters are wagoneering on their way yeah. to Gretchen's university to get her car. Do we think she, like, went to UMass Amherst or something? I, I don't know no where Amherst idea. is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it like in the central. woods? Yeah. It's, it's, like, near all those other colleges. Yeah. Like sorry hampshire or whatever oh hampshire college yeah i i don't know my massachusetts college knowledge is lacking um yeah (laughs) outside of the boston area so gretchen's like we're gonna get in and out like we are gonna do this fast i do not want to hang around and we learn in this conversation that like her ex-boyfriend is the one that has her car um, that they're going to get and like like, nick i like that guy (laughs) yeah Gretchen's like, you don't know him. <laughs> a. And then Basie says a line I love, which is like, he's got great taste in music. His favorite song's Freebird. <laughs> so funny. Amazing. Good job, Pace. Yeah. And, you know, Pacey's kind of like, yeah, like, yeah, I only met him at Christmas, but he was awesome. Blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, and Gretchen's like, is this about Dawson? Yeah. <laughs> like, I can see right weird. through you, sir. Yeah. And he's like, well, you told me the kiss meant nothing. So no, it's not about Dawson, even though that kiss didn't look like nothing. And I don't think he thinks it's nothing. (laughs) Like, the face is just like, on one. Totally. And Gretchen's like, no, we're just friends. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, she's like pretty like resolute in that statement at that point. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then Pacey's like, oh, this, what's this music? It doesn't suck. And then he looks at the CD case and like, this is so like 2001. I know. He's like, great tunes from Gretchen, from for Gretchen from Dawson. <laughs> it's amazing. I was like, what do you think is on that? Because I've mean, already established she has terrible taste in music. Yeah. So I was just like imagining what was on <laughs> like, that. The Counting Crows. 
I know. <laughs> like dashboard. Not that that's bad music. Don't come at me. I love <laughs> Counting Crows. Um, but, <laughs> but like, you know, a mixtape in a mix CD in 2001 was like true love, which Pacey knows. Totally. Totally. He's <laughs> like, uh huh. And Gretchen knows too. Come yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> and, and then Pacey like starts talking up Nick again. He's like, so Nick, <laughs> like, yeah. great guy. Great guy. <laughs> I mean, it's cute. I get it. <laughs> I love the sibling vibes. It's really cute. They have great. So I was like, do those people. I mean, Sasha Alexander is pretty well known now. And then like Josh Jackson, obviously, I'm like, huh, I wonder if they ever like run into each other in these Hollywood oh, yeah. streets. Totally. That'd be awesome. Anyway, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I'm here for a winter reunion. For reals. Um, yeah. So we go to the Leary house and Dawson is seeking advice from Jack and like, yeah. they're like in a spare bedroom, like kind of prepping it for, for the like the nursery, the baby. Yeah. And so Dawson's like, Jack, was it weird when Andy was, when Pacey was dating your sister? And it's so funny because like, he's trying to like understand siblings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you, Dawson. Yeah. And Jack's like, <laughs> no, it wasn't weird, but like, I didn't know Pacey before they started dating. So it's not really the same situation. Like right. you and Pacey are friends. So it's like completely different, you know? Um, it would be, and then Jack's like, it would be like if you Dawson had hooked up with Andy. I said, and he's making Aaron Hensley's dreams come true. Jack's like, but I don't want to go there. And I was like, but I do Jack. Come on. That's Andy. Oh my God. That That would be such an awesome storytelling, you know? Yeah. To have this play out with Jack. Yeah, and it would have been a similar, like, it, the storyline for, like, Dawson moving on and, like, Joey and Pacey having to deal with it would have yeah. been more similar than the complicatedness of, like, Dawson dating Pacey's sister, right. you know, instead I of it do. being, like, an ex. I've already yeah. made my case about this. I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, we were robbed. <laughs> robbed. So Mitch and Gail walk in right then, and Mitch is like, Dawson might have a sister soon, and he'll understand. And then we, Dawson's like, or a brother, aren't we finding this out like soon? And like Gail, it like seems like Gail and Mitch have like been arguing about whether or not to like, yeah, find out the the gender, yeah, Uh or the what the sex organs of their baby are going to be. Yeah, that has nothing to do with gender. But um, (laughs) yeah, because then Dawson says some weird shit about whether he should buy pink or blue, and you're just like. I roll. Also, but I want to give Vanderbeek like a fucking kudo here because he gives the best teenage these fucking people face I to know. Jack. They have a back and forth Jack and Dawson like a look fest where they're just like I roll, I roll, I roll. It's so I've never great. seen James Vanderbeek do shit like that. It's great. I, I, I liked really it. Liked it made it. me laugh. Yeah. I was like, I know. this guy. They should add like that part more to his character of him totally. just being like annoyed and rolling his eyes. Yeah, like Jim looking at the office or Jim from the office looking at the camera face like <laughs> okay. these fucking people. I don't know. So so like. As Gail and Mitch leave, like, Dawson finds this letter in the dresser. And, oh, my God. Like, wild card, did we know we were getting a Dawson's Creek to all the boys I love before episode? Because <laughs> that's what this is. It's a love letter he wrote Gretchen. 
when yeah, he was like 12 like, or something. Oh my God. This yeah. is the last love. He says to Jack, remember when I used to, I told you I used to write love letters to Gretchen. This is the last one I ever wrote her. <laughs> I never <laughs> sent it. Never sent it. Okay. And Jack's like, well, like you should say some of that now, like tell her. And like yeah. Dawson's like, I told her that I like her like an adult. Thank you. I know. It's so I teenager. Like, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking I spot know. on. <laughs> totally. That has definitely like come out of my mouth before. <laughs> Something she similar. So funny. And Jack's like, well, maybe you should be a kid, more like a kid. <laughs> and then Dawson's like, yeah, remember when a kid Dawson um, is wild? <laughs> AKA that little boat situation? Where I almost killed multiple people. Including you, <laughs> Dawson's like Dawson. At least he admits it's not. It wasn't his fine, finest moment. He's kind of like that was totally. not good. No, I definitely agree. But like, it's hard because like we never saw like on screen apology yeah. to Joey and Pacey and Will. But you know, whatever about that incident. <laughs> yeah, Will is uh, yeah on a canceled television show now. Yeah, at this point. But also, I want to see like. There's this part of me, too, that, like, I really kind of hit me in this scene because they're, like, talking about, like, how him in the boat race was him acting like a kid. And I think it's, like, really dangerous how we, like, when men pull shit like that, that we infantilize it because it's, like, instead of saying, like, hey, this was really dangerous and fucked up and I acted like an asshole, we, like, infantilize it. Like, this was me acting really childish. And actually, like... Exactly. And because we forgive boys will be boys then we allow this room for forgiveness about behavior that's pretty horrific. Right. And and it's not that the forgive it's not that Dawson doesn't deserve to get past that terrible behavior, but like that there's no like there's no like I don't even want to say mea culpa, but like but there's no well, it's just the rationale is that he was a kid behaving like right. a kid. Instead of like having a deeper thought process about it. And this is what I've been complaining yeah. about Dawson is he doesn't think deeply about like why he did that, why that happened so that he can confront it and change that moving Behavior. forward. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like these apologies we see of like, we're going to make change. And you're like, okay, we need to know what those <laughs> demonstrable change points are. Right. Right. Know? Yeah. And so Dawson then says something, you know, that I like actually this, this episode like is playing with my emotions. I, <laughs> I both like and hate every single person in this episode. Um, right. so she, he, he says she knows how I feel if it's meant to be, it'll be. And like, if not, that's the way it's going to go. Like it's okay. And I'm just like, get on this train. Everyone tell people how you feel and then let them feel how they feel. And if it matches up, great. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. And this is like part of Dawson's growth journey of like right. how he, you know, is always like, I'm such an adult. Like, you know, when he likes goes, he finds out his parents getting divorced and he tells Jen and he's like, I don't know if I should behave like adult, an adult and like not react to this. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, <laughs> not how adults behave, <laughs> you know? And yeah. so he, he constantly has this idea of like him being so mature and so yeah. adult, you know? And it's yeah. like, well, I mean, kind of the definition of adult is being like over 18. So like <laughs> yeah. maybe you're, you know, maybe you are, I don't know, not yet. March, whatever is his birthday. Yeah, totally. So then we go to the yacht club where Joey is not in uniform, but is working because the yacht club is closed for a renovation. 
Mm-hmm. Which like okay. I have some follow up questions too, but I don't care enough to ask them. Um, Drew yeah, is like closed on a weekend for renovations. Yeah. Like presumably the weekend is the busiest time and the time the you you know the members use it the most. <laughs> that's not I how mean, this that's, shit works. It would be like a Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> Right. And, and what kind of renovation, like, I, you know, like I said, there's some questions there. We're going to move through them. Yes. Um, Drew is there, but not helping as usual. And yeah. Bugs, it's like pestering Joey. Yeah. About who she, he should take out tonight since he doesn't have to work. And then Joey says something a little bit sexist. And by a little mm-hmm. bit, I mean a lot sexist about mm-hmm. this, mm-hmm. like a skank or a hoe or something like that. And like, but apparently, like, we find out that these two have been working together nonstop for, like, six days. So, like, Joey is like, F- I'm fucking getting away from you yeah. is what I am doing with like, my life. Also unbelievable. She's underage, but, like, okay, you know. <laughs> I do. I want to – I'm trying to think during Thanksgiving at Marie Callender's, I used to have to work quite a bit. Um, that might have been illegal. Probably. Don't worry. Don't worry. They had to pay me $180 at one point in a, in a class action lawsuit. <laughs> but I can tell you, I was like 24 and it fucking helped. Um, yeah, totally. <laughs> anyway. So, so yeah, Joey's just like, I'm planning on spending my time working on my English paper. Yeah. And then and- Drew busts out with his joke, which plays right into Aaron's constant points about this, which is... <laughs> How to keep a boyfriend and your virginity mm-hmm. or the many uses of the human hand. Doesn't it always come back to Joey's virginity? Yep. Always. She's and- a good student. So she's a virgin. <laughs> right. Woo. Um, <laughs> yeah. And Joey does have a great clap back to this. And she says, finally, a subject you know all about. Um, <laughs> after yeah. the many uses of the human hand. Like, That's a good one. I know. Good one, Joe. And doesn't Drew even say that? Like, good comeback. Yeah, yeah, he says that's a good retort. (laughs) And then Miss Valentine comes in, so you know (laughs) things are going to get extra. And she's like to Drew, like, oh, your father's, you know, managed to escape the crystals and is coming back to New York, you know, and here's a bus ticket to go see him. Um, And Drew's like, what the fuck? I hate that guy. And Miss Valentine's like, yeah, but you need to, like, you know, chummy up to him for child support. Yeah, we the child support payments are still being negotiated. So, like, you don't have a choice in this matter. And, like, Mrs. Valentine's like, no, yeah, you got a choice. Like, yeah, I mean, whatever. I don't really know what the, you know, family law is in New York or no, in I. Boston. I mean, I assume they got divorced in New York, but okay. And also, he's almost 18, so, like... <laughs> I also just like on what planet is Drew showing up for that? You're going to put him on a bus. You're not going to walk him into the restaurant. There's no way that guy, that kid's showing up. No way. He might go to New York, but he's not showing up to that fucking dinner. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> way to put your kid in the middle of some sketchy ass shit. Like, yeah. Okay. Totally. I mean that too. But, but Mrs. Valentine tells Drew, of course he has a choice. Like, do you want to sit in the front of the bus or the back? And then Joey's just like, all right, see ya. Have fun with that. <laughs> and, and Drew's, Drew's like, like wait wait yeah. wait uh we gotta take those cups down to the storeroom mm-hmm. and she's like fucking jesus so is he her boss is that what no. we're supposed to think no i don't know like, i i think there's like i mean obviously there's always a thing like when the boss's kid works for you 
that there's like yeah, so there's laws against nepotism <laughs> yeah exactly but um you know he's not her boss i think they're at the well maybe level. he is like a shift leader maybe that's true so anyway we go to gretchen's like university town yeah, we arrive at this like total college house <laughs> oh my god oh my god it is our our good friends in college had a house almost a house exactly like, like this, this. Yeah. i know yeah just like there isn't enough surfboards outside to make it look like santa cruz, santa but, cruz but damn am i getting ptsd okay <laughs> a hundred percent so pacey and gretchen like pull up and pacey and we like we see that the car is like still up on blocks not ready to drive no wheels and like the hood is popped (laughs) and gretchen's like this motherfucker what the fuck she's like pissed yeah and we see this dude who as the viewer we assume is her ex walks out with like a girl carrying a bag and hugs her and we're just like this piece of shit what the fuck you know and so so wait nick is played by christian kane who is like uh definitely a that guy yeah he's totally a that guy yeah and you you probably know him from the ashton kutcher britney murphy vehicle just married okay okay he was also in angel and supernatural among many many others that you may not have heard may or may not have heard of but he's on a ton of shit um Anyway, so Gretchen's like gets out and is like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, you told me this car was ready. Yeah, I drove my ass up here. What the fuck? Yeah. And then he starts mansplaining shit to her <laughs> about car. the car. Yeah. And, and Gretchen's Gretchen... not having it. She's like, the carburetor has nothing to do with the fucking tires. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. And then, you know, Nick's like, well, you had low treads. Like, and he's he plays this like, I know, I know I risked losing your trust by like doing this but like and you can hate me but i just wanted to make sure you were safe and pacey this whole time is like on nick's side yeah which i'm like pacey my friend not a good look for you it's not i mean like yeah we don't know maybe like what they bonded over at christmas time when gretchen brought nick home so like yeah like i'm not giving pacey any space for this but i'm also like maybe that's what we're supposed to take away from this you know uh but this guy's a dick obviously as women we're watching it like nope hard pass against that motherfucker (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) red flag (laughs) there's like seven red flags and i've seen them on screen for 30 seconds (laughs) and like gretchen's like you know, Pacey's like, oh, thanks so much for looking out for her, man. And Gretchen's just like, oh, yeah, Nick Taylor, protector of women. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he's like, no, look, see that girl that you saw, that was my roommate. And, like, I told her, I asked her if she would go stay at her mom's house so you could stay and have her room. <laughs> yeah. Wild. so why don't you go get washed up yeah. and i'll cook a veggie burger for you <laughs> yeah. is gretchen a vegetarian no i was like is gretchen our vegetarian like representation on this also well, he Jen, calls it well, a henry henry he calls it a medium rare veggie burger but sir like that's not a thing <laughs> I know. they're either cooked that or not cooked gross. i know yeah. that means it's like still frozen <laughs> yeah, exactly no and then as Gretchen's like walk like looks stunned he's like and Pacey you want a beer yeah uh, yeah I mean <laughs> I was also 17 once so like I know that the person who offers you beer is a favorite person 
No, okay. that's what so I'm like, kind of oh, is that what like, you bonded over? <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like this cool older guy that like thinks I'm like one of him or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get this kind of short scene where like Dawson walks out of the house and sees Mr. Brooks say goodbye to Grams. Yeah. And like kind of hears them say that they're going to see each other tonight. Mm-hmm. And like as Mr. Brooks walks to his car, Dawson's like, Dawson asks Grant, like he has like stuff for her church, like yeah, he's like donating sale or something. clothes or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and he gets nosy and he's like, "Are you going on like a date with Mr. Brooks?" Yeah, and then Grams is like, "People my age don't date, Dawson. We don't do that. We're, we're too old for that." Yeah, it's, it's actually amazing. And then Grams is like, "I wonder if you're as protective as this to Jen, Jennifer." Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause like Grams tells Dawson that they're going to dinner and then they're going to go see Almost Famous, which is like, I know. that sounds like a great night Amazing. to me. My yeah, favorite night. Seriously. Yeah. yeah. Like, she's like, we're going to Larry's Fresh Fish and to Almost Famous. I was like, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I want some of that clam chowder and then I'm going to watch Kate Hudson Fuck be yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> All in happen. a jacket I've lusted after since the year 2000. <laughs> um, so Graham's then is like, yeah, are you this protective of Jennifer? And then like Dawson. It's so fucked up. Dawson's like, oh no, she can handle it herself. <laughs> Do you think it's fucked up? I'm like, that's the attitude. Like Jen's doesn't, I don't need to protect Jen unless Jen is asking for my help. But, like, I mean, why are you coming at Grams that way? <laughs> Grams also doesn't need your help, Dawson Leary. Well, that's why it's weird because I know. Like it he's is weird. super protective of Grams, but like we've seen him yeah, kind yeah. of be like pretty hideous to Jen, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fair point. Yeah. And Grams then tells Dawson that she hasn't felt this way since Gramps died, but she is also well versed in, like, sir, I don't need your protection either. But yeah. she, like, she's like, you know, thank you for this concern. And, like, So this is where I think, like, there's this part of me, I think a lot of the men in this episode behave hideously. Yes. uh, Pacey included. um, Yeah. And, like, there's this part of me that's, like, this moment with Dawson feels like like an eager teenager Mm -hmm. that's, like, wants to be helpful and protective and, like... But, like, isn't it doesn't feel so shitty to me. Like, it didn't feel like the same shitty behavior that we often complain about. Mm-hmm. But, but, as we've had these conversations, it also kind of doesn't matter what his intentions are because it kind yeah. of is shitty behavior. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just fa- seemed like it's fucked up, to be honest, that, like, Dawson's just, like, trying to tell grams what to do even though yeah. grams is like yeah like i never felt this way before i'm kind of stoked on him like yeah. that's her choice to make you know right. and dawson constantly thinks he's in a position to tell women what choices they can and cannot make yeah the reason why it feels less shitty is because grams has enough experience dealing with the patriarchy to be able to articulate and communicate and stand up for herself. You know, she's not easily derailed by these instances, you know, it's just like an imbalance of power. Grams is like, I'm a grown ass, like I'm 70 years old and like 17, like you're no match for me, bro. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Totally. Totally. So back at the yacht club, Drew and Joey are like in this dark ass storage room and like, Drew's like, you know what your problem is, Joey, which like, (laughs) the 
Bates immediately is a no from me. Yeah. And Joey goes on this goes on this rant and is like, at this point, my only problem is that I have to be near you. But as soon as we're done putting this shit away, that problem will be solved. So we're good. And like, okay, this part. So so Joey like puts the dishes up and they're like kind of above her and she's like reaching to put them up. And Drew goes to help her and she like pretty fucking clearly is like, like, get away from me. Don't touch me. She doesn't trust this guy. Right. And And she's already been sexually harassed in the workplace. And this guy's constantly talking about her virginity in the workplace, which heads up is sexual harassment. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And like. She's like, you know, this fucking dark ass storage room is creepy enough to just be here with you. I don't need you touching me, sir. Yeah. And he's like, fine, and turns away and like turns on the lights and grabs these other boxes. But when he grabs the boxes, the door shuts and it locks them in. (laughs) Unbelievable. (laughs) Unbelievable. Oh my God. Yeah. And Joey's like, like, we got to find it. I know. We got to find another way out. Like, oh my gosh, we got to get out of here. And Drew's like, yeah, there is another way out when the morning crew arrives on Monday morning. Yeah. I remember when this episode aired, which I I was like, this is so stupid. I know. I know. I felt that way too. But also, I just want to say the, who, like the Foley artist, no shade to the Foley artist, but like the Foley with Jen Joey banging on the door is truly <laughs> awful. It's like it's, so, it's like sounds like she's in a fucking cavern. Like it is, it's wildly inappropriate. I'm just like that is not how that banging on a door like that sounds. And also, like someone is gonna notice these two teenagers being gone for multiple days. Yeah, I mean, like, isn't Bessie going to call the Yacht Club looking for Joey? When she doesn't come home from work? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, Pacey is gone for the night. Like, you would assume he calls Joey, you know? At some point. At some point. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, like, okay. (laughs) Joey tries to pick a lock with her, like, eyebrow pencil or something, (laughs) which is hilarious. It's funny, but I admire her, like, commitment to getting yeah, the fuck out of like, there, you get know? get me out of this. And then they start fighting each- with each other about, like, whose fault it is that they're stuck. It's and, like, true. well, because, oh, so one of my notes earlier when he she says don't touch me is that he immediately backs off of her. And I was like, oh, here's a, mo-, like, you get a little sliver of credit that you, like, as soon as she said don't touch me, you stopped touching her and moved away taking that sliver of credit back immediately because he's like, if you had accepted my help, AKA me touching you, we wouldn't yeah. be here. So, Ooh, victim blaming. And then immediately launches into a speech about why Joey is still a virgin. Okay. <laughs> he's like, of course you're still a virgin. You have trust issues with men. And it's like, Yeah, because you are sexually harassing her constantly. Men are completely fucked up to her. Why the fuck would she trust them? Are you kidding me? I know. I know. I said that. I was like, yeah, she does. Very, very rightly has trust issues with men. Yes. Asshole men like you. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, Drew goes, starts going through her purse to find snacks. And she's like, if you touch my shit, I will fucking murder you. Like, do not. Which is like a social contract. You do not go into anyone's purse without permission. Unless they tell you it's fine. Exactly. exactly. Permission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So so we go back to the college, to Gretchen's college party. (laughs) Okay. Well, we didn't have a hot tub. I didn't know anyone who had a hot tub. 
Girl, can you imagine how disgusting no, that would be? Disgusting. My cousin Katie, their her parents had a hot tub, and like I remember sometimes after family parties, like sometimes her friends would all come over. Yeah. And like it, and I remember one time the hot tub just being filled with whipped cream, and I was like, this, "You people are uh, fucking nasty." Uh, <laughs> I know. God, I know. So gross. I know. Well, uh, <laughs> it was disgusting. Um. So anyway, Pacey and Nick yeah, are like a in a hot tub college. together party like backyard party raging daytime party i know but it's january right i mean this is when this aired in january (laughs) in in seemingly in the northeast we don't know if it's massachusetts or you know connecticut or vermont or something do this in january in california yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't be out there in january in california so so nick and pacey are in this hot tub together um hanging and Nick and is preaching that total bro, just rambling on in the greatness of college. Yeah, he's like, almost the whole city is my age. Beer flows like tap water. The party <laughs> is like eternal. And then he says this kicker. He says, and the whole thing is paid for by cheap long-term government loans. <laughs> like I'm staring at him from 2021 going, sir. <laughs> cool <laughs> you see, cool you're still paying off those fucking loans yeah 20 seriously. years later seriously bro yeah <laughs> yeah so gretchen rolls over and she's just annoyed with him she's like you two where the fuck are you hanging out <laughs> you're in a hot tub together great <laughs> freaks and then she hears like a friend calling her name so yeah. she goes over to them and so as soon as she walks away pacey says to nick like you should go for it man you well, Nick's like, no Gretchen. offense, but your sister's so hot. Yeah. And like, Paisley's like, yeah, go for it. She doesn't have anyone. Like, go get her. Go, go, yeah. dude. Go she get her. Have a dude, she doesn't have a dude back home. She's like, go for it. You're like, like fuck oh, this, fuck man. Off, Pacey. Fuck so yeah, Pacey. gross. It's, it's awful. Yeah. Awful. Anyway. Ugh. I can't imagine my brother saying anything like that about me, but if he did, no. fuck you. No. <laughs> I can't imagine that either. Your brother is not that kind of dude. <laughs> um, so we go back to Jack and Dawson, who are now like painting this room for the baby. Yes. And Jack's like commenting on how wild it's going to be to have a sibling that's 18 years younger than him, which is true. I know. But then yeah. this line made me fucking die. He goes, goes, when she graduates high school, you're going to be 36. And he goes, her life will be just starting and yours will be almost over. <laughs> Jack, 36 is going to hit you like a freight train, buddy. <laughs> For real. Well, we're the same age as him. So yeah. welcome to welcome, 37. Jack, to 37. Where <laughs> life, is it over? I don't think so. No, definitely <laughs> Doesn't not. Doesn't feel it. Doesn't feel like I it. I don't feel that whatsoever. It's on a brief pause right now, but that is nothing that Jack could have predicted. No. <laughs> so Jack's like, you're not even listening to me, are you, Dawson? <laughs> and like, Dawson's not. Yeah. And Dawson like says to Jack, like, he's worried about Grams's heart. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I saw Grams with Mr. Brooks and like, she seemed super stoked. And Jack's like, wow, that's fucking awesome. I mean, she did say love is the hardest of woods. <laughs> Which, if you're interested, we have merch available with that very quote on it. <laughs> what is it? Bit.ly slash Dawson. What is it? Bit.ly yeah, bit slash Dawson's, Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Critique. 
Okay. Dawson also says that it's like on Golden Pond over at Graham's house, which made me, gave me a chuckle. (laughs) Yeah. And so we finally understand what's like happening, although we like kind of knew, but Dawson's like, look, the thing is like Mr. Brooks is dying and like, I'm worried about Graham's. Like she already had to go through so much with, you know, Graham's dying. Yeah. And Jack's like, well, you have to tell her. Yeah. And if you don't tell her, like, I'm going to. I'm going to tell her. Yeah. Jack's like a true ally. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And Dawson's like, I do? This is my responsibility? And you're like, well, you're you're trying to manipulate the outcome without giving her the reason why. This is so Mm -hmm. bizarre, you know? Yeah. and, And like, then Jack does this thing where he compares Grams to Brooke. Grams and Brooks to Pacey and Joey. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, this horse is dead, guys. Please stop beating it. Like, on uh, the one hand, I do like the way it echoes back to the conversation at the top of this episode sure, where it's sure. like, would would you have rather right. knowing, you know, someone had come to you and told you about Pacey and Joey? Right. Or would you have rather stay in the dark about it? Like, you know, like, would you rather someone come and do the labor of telling the difficult truth, you right. know? And like, I think, you know, at the top of the episode, Dawson has this narrative of like, oh, if you had told me, like, I would have been cool with it. And like, we right. as the viewer know that's a bold faced lie. Like, yeah. sure, the outcome would have been totally different. We don't know what would happen because it didn't happen. But like, we know that Dawson still wouldn't have handled it well if they had told him. Exactly. You know? Like, no, things exactly. could be different. Da, 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 da. We don't know, of course. And I think Pacey should have told him. But like, these are like, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's what you're saying, but what do you mean? You know? And so that's kind of what Jack Well, like and what's the reality? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's the exactly. reality? Like, the reality is, is it's fucking hard to tell people those things. Well, and I mean, to be honest, like, Jen did kind of tell you. Like, so you did find out. Like, what, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, even what Jack's, like, laying out is, like, it kind of did happen. Like, at what point did Dawson want to find out, you know? Right. Because even in this situation now, Dawson told Pacey after a kiss happened. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's like, but it's like weird because it's like, okay, like Dawson or Pacey knew that they were friends and they hang out, hung out because they all went to the rave together. Yeah. So it's like, but, you know, at what point do you tell people? I mean, I think that's always an interesting question, right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, sure, Joey and Pacey had been, like, making out with each other for an entire week. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. That, <laughs> so like, maybe that was a little too long. Dawson after the first kiss when he took yeah. him camping. Like, he should have done that for sure. Yeah. You know, but it's just yeah. like, these are all the things of, of Dawson being like, well, you should have told me. And it's like, okay, well, when would you have wanted, like, you need to follow up of like, how would you have preferred this to go out? You know, like what would have made you feel better? And now that you're faced in like a somewhat similar situation, you know, or whatever, like where like, you know, something about, you know, a potential lover for your like quasi grandma, like, you know, you wish that people had told you without acknowledging how hard that is. (laughs) Totally. Totally. Um, so we go to the yacht club and Drew is cold and is like, yeah. you know, if I had a sweater, I would share it because Joey's got this like long sweater. Yeah. And you're like, and no, you wouldn't. Also, <laughs> Joey's like not having it. Yeah. Like, she's like, no, she's fuck like, you. 
Yeah, and she's me. like looking for food, and I'm just yeah. like, what is this storeroom? I don't understand. I don't understand either. But she's like, you know, and then oh, Drew is like super extra, and he's like, look, if something happens and I don't make it through, <laughs> like you can eat me for food. <laughs> I'm a fucking weirdo. And then like she like climbs up the. I mean, she climbs up this like like unstable shelf. Yeah. yeah, and Drew so quite rightly like, is like canned You're- food. Can food. Drew quite rightly is like, you're gonna fall and hurt yourself. Like, you yeah, should not like, be doing this. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And, and then we get this like, like meta pont. Oh, we get this meta pontification from Drew about who would play Joey in the TV version of them being locked in this storage closet. <laughs> and he's like, probably some teen series idol who is trying to break into features. And then Joey <laughs> tells him to shut up, and he's like. I know Lacey Chabert can't wait to cop an attitude and win the Emmy, which is like <laughs> this weirdo time capsule that I didn't know I needed. But I, like, I know I fucking it's hollered. Amazing. I like was like Lacey Chabert. Woo. And this was pre Mean Girls. So like I she know, didn't have yeah. her. Yeah. I think anyway. when she was in that one. Party Lost five. in Space. Oh, was she in Lost? Oh, yeah, she was. That movie? That movie, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Was it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh. So Joey finds like food cans like Spam or something that expired in the 80s. Yeah. And then like so gross. promptly falls. Like, like yeah. as as was clear was gonna it's happen. It's like a fucking hilarious shot of her falling. <laughs> that one did make like, me laugh. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> like it's like a cartoon. <laughs> I know. Um, and then things take a turn for the hideous, and <laughs> yes. Drew catches her, and then fucking kisses her. Uh huh. What the. F- fuck is happening yeah it actually doesn't make any sense no 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 you're right and i remember at the time watching this being like oh my god this again this is what happened with jack and joey i was like is drew gonna break them up yeah yeah this i thought this I... like that's what you think when you're watching this like really this is are what the writers are serious? doing to us yeah this guy sucks like why would she date him like yeah. why is this happening he's also like He's a piece of shit, but like you never, you never got the vibe he wanted to fuck her. So like it didn't even make sense why this is happening, you know. And you're just like, great. Again, we have to see more sexual harassment and <laughs> sexual assault at Joey's expense. Right. Cool, 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 cool. But she's a strong woman. She can handle it. Right. And she is a strong woman because she pushes him off, punches him in the face, hits <laughs> him in the fucking like fucking. It's a Jackson deck like it is like a full ass swing I, I was like whoa joey someone definitely taught joey how to punch because she fucking yeah. nails that guy right in the face and he he's like you could have just have said thanks and i'm just like be happy she only punched you uh, you're lucky you're alive you piece of shit <laughs> i would have i would have ripped your testicles right off your body so <laughs> Um, so anyway, we go to this college party, and I want to tell you in the background, there is a movie poster of the movie Bedazzled, starring oh, <laughs> starring Brendan Fraser and Elizabeth Hurley, which is like yep. such a deep cut. It was hard I know, for me to that even... poster must have been free or something. You can see that shit everywhere. I know, but also in like people, you know, like... Like no one saw the movie, but we've all seen the poster. I'm pretty sure I have seen the movie. <laughs> so I think... 
<laughs> I think it's bad. But like, I think it was also like because it, it's Elizabeth Hurley and she's playing yeah. the devil, and like yeah. Elizabeth Hurley is so, so smoking fun. hot. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Gretchen and Nick are like talking, mm-hmm. and like Gretchen's like like giving the highlight of her li- highlights of her life. Yeah, got a great beach house. I love my job. I've met some really cool people. It's fucking amazing being <laughs> in Cape Side, <laughs> right? She leaves out the part that they're all in high school, but whatever. (laughs) And like Nick's like, I'm skeptical. And he's like, you know, you're doing that thing where you stick out your chin when you're hiding something. And just, I hate that. It is like this funny narrative that always happens of like, oh, the guy that just knows your face and knows you so well. (laughs) Like, there's a real connection. And like, you know, this is what like young girls are told of like, he knows your chin, the way it moves. And it's like, so does your best friend. So does like your your teacher. Like, (laughs) like, (laughs) we know you like, you know what I mean? It's just really funny. No, totally. It's like men manipulate women, you know? Well, and it's so, yeah, it's it's funny that you said, because I'm like, I know what Jen's face looks like when she has to go to sleep. And, like, I know what you look like when you have to pee, when we need to, like, yeah. go stop at a restroom yeah. to, like, totally. on a road trip. I'm like, yeah, this is because we've been on 500 fucking road trips together. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> even, like, you know, like, a colleague that you don't know that well, you, you their social cues yeah. that you know, you know. And just, like, instinctually, you're like, that person's lying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, so, so like Gretchen calls him out. She's like, this is not going to work. I like don't want to go up to your room and see your guitar or whatever <laughs> line you're like using now to get people in your room. And of course, then Pacey comes up and is still trying to pawn Gretchen yeah. off on Nick. Like amping up this dude. And Gretchen's like, peace, dude. I'm fucking <laughs> out of here. What's going on? Yeah, she's like, you know, before you like sell me off into this like arranged marriage <laughs> that you have going on in your head, like, I'm gonna go. Thanks. Yeah. And then like Nick and Pacey like hang out. And like Pacey's like, you know, Nick, like she's crazy about you. She talked about you the whole ride up. Like, not not saying that like Pacey was the one asking questions, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, like And like Nick and- says, you know, the thing is, is our life went in these like two separate directions. That's yeah. why we're not together anymore. Yeah, because Pacey's like, why aren't you together? What happened? You know? And yeah. this dude's totally evasive, which to like again to the female gaze, you're like, piece of shit. <laughs> this guy's a piece of shit. Come on, Pace. <laughs> and then there's this like girl across the party looking at Pacey, and Nick's like, I sees it and is like, go get mm-hmm. it, dude. She's like, she wants you. Yeah. And Pacey's her name's like, Christy. Go for it. And Pacey's like, ooh, no, 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 no. That is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have someone back home that would not be into this you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. which i know is like his joking like yeah. rhetoric but i also don't like the fact that he's just like i'm not cool with that yeah yeah and like she you know it's implied in, in that scenario of like oh the reason why i wouldn't fuck that girl is because joey would be mad about it yeah. but honestly i think pacey doesn't want to do that pacey doesn't want to do that yeah and like Nick's like, well, you know, she's not here. I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. And then, of course, Pacey's like, that's when he realizes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this guy's a piece Nick's of shit. Like, oh, yeah. Don't worry. I got hoes in different area codes. And then bro code, dude, I got you. And you're just like, yeah. And he's like, you know, oh, here's a key to my room. You know, condoms are like in the whatever, the cigar yeah. thing next to the bed. 
I'm going to go talk to your sister. And like, Basie's like, burr, burr, burr. he's shook. He's like, oh, fuck. Because Nick's like, you know, guys like us have to look out for each other. Yeah. And Basie's like, record scratch. I'm, yeah, like, like, wait, I thought I was like you. I'm not like, I don't want to yeah, be yeah. like that. That's not know? me. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is like these similar storylines that we're seeing between Pacey and Dawson of like, right. what kind of dude do I want to be, you know? Yeah, not this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dawson stops by Grimes' house and she's like all done at. She looks fire. She's so beautiful. I know. And Dawson's Her hair's like down, yeah. Yeah. Dawson's like shook. He's like, damn, you look beautiful. <laughs> you look great. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, thank you. And like, I hope this dress isn't too much. I like wouldn't want anyone to think we're dating. And she says it like all pointedly and sassy towards him. <laughs> so funny Dawson Leary <laughs> Dawson's like speaking of ooh, and he like tries to give Grams a speech <laughs> well because we learn that Jen's at a, a quote-unquote fishing concert <laughs> <laughs> okay and, and then like Dawson corrects her that fish broke up and I'm like and it's widespread panic now and I'm like Dawson Leary is not a fish per- like knows none of this I don't know yeah. how well, maybe he knows it from Jen, but yeah, I, I I have a hard time even believing that like Jen likes this kind of music, but like, okay. Right. And then I agree with you. And then like, but, but also we learned from Gina that Michelle Williams was shooting a movie in England. Yeah. And that's why she's not on this, in this episode. So yeah. yeah. Um, so no, at gra- least like they try to explain why Jen isn't there at Graham's yeah. house when Dawson's coming over. You yeah. Know? So like, I like that, but it's just yeah. so funny, hilarious. Like, okay. Totally. <laughs> and like, after Dawson says this, Graham's just starts like randomly reciting this poem. <laughs> like, it's just like, she just starts saying a poem and I'm like, is ever, is everyone What's happening? What's, What's going on? <laughs> and, and then... She like as Dawson's like tr- kind of like a little bit uneasy. Graham yeah. just says to him like, "I know that he's sick." Great, because Dawson like is gonna tell her. You see him kind of hesitate, so and then not away. tell her. Yeah, and so like, and there's so this is part of me like going back to what you were saying before about the Jack when Jack and Dawson were talking about Daw- uh, Pacey and Joey, and then at the beginning of the episode. It's like, yeah, like, are you still blaming them? Like, it's this shit's hard, Dawson. Like, you know, it's hard to tell people that. It's hard to tell people something that you know is going to hurt them. And like, yeah. And like, again, like, like we were saying at the top of the episode, like, it's hard to imagine that the outcome would be different mm -hmm. between Pacey and Dawson. Mm -hmm. So, you know, while I totally think Pacey should have told Dawson you can see why the incentive wasn't there to tell Dawson because the outcome was going to be the same no matter what right so so then as Dawson goes to leave Grams is like I know he's sick yeah and Dawson's like you do how and she's like because for 40 some odd years I was a nurse and for longer than that a woman right and I was like, so this is kind of like circling back to what I was saying is that yeah. she just like, don't talk over my experience. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just seems so young here. Cause mm-hmm. like, he's like, you know, if you know, how can you start something with him? And Grams is like, look, Dawson, we laugh together. We share the same interests. We look at life the same way. Do you know how hard it is to find a friend like that? Yeah. And, 
And Dawson says he thinks he does, but like, and that he knows how hard it can be when it doesn't last. And yeah. like, this is and what so I, this is, sorry, totally, go ahead. Oh, just like, I feel like in high school, like so much of your friendships are defined by proximity. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And that's not to say like that you can't have very, you know, I have two friends that I still talk to a lot from high school. Mm-hmm. I'm still friends with, but like, it's not always based on the connection. Sometimes it's based on like, we are going to cling to each other and get through <laughs> this fucking trauma. Yeah. And then like, you know, maybe we don't have anything in common, but like we have this shared experience. And so like, we are friends still, but like the actual connection between people, like that kind of friendship, that's fucking rare. And I think that in high school, you don't appreciate that. Yeah. Or at least I didn't. Totally. No, I definitely agree. To me, this Mm. feels like an example of the toxic boomer narrative that we were given from our parents of like, you go to college, you get married and you have kids like, you know, because it reinforces this idea that you just meet someone and that's it. And you're married, you know, and that like, it doesn't really give you and especially for me, because my parents are still married, you know, like, that's what I was thought I was like, Oh, then you just date someone and then you marry them, you know, and that's really hard, because like, that isn't always the case. So Dawson is having a hard time imagining relationships that like, maybe you're not soulmates, but like, that doesn't mean they're not still valid and important and aren't life changing and like, aren't something you should experience as well you know like Mm -hmm. like there's like all these different types of relationships you have and you don't need to enter into a relationship being like that's my soulmate that's too fucking hard and sketchy and puts like your relationship on like really weird footing as he's seen from his relationship with joey you know is that like they've entered at this level that is really hard to navigate but you could always grow into any type of relationship yeah, totally. And I think like, and I think, you know, I want to say like, that's what I was saying. There's not, that's not to say that you don't, you can't meet people that you have that kind of connection with in high school. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think you do. And I, and I would probably argue that Dawson and Joey are, is that connection like this, like we see things similarly mm-hmm. and like, or maybe not, I don't know. Mm, I haven't put that much thought into it. Okay. But like that, that they're really close. And I think that like the, Dawson knows the pain of quote unquote losing Joey Mm -hmm. and thinks that it is the same pain that Grams is going to go through. And the thing that like fucks me up is that like Grams knows the actual pain of losing, literally losing someone to death that you love. And like Dawson, what Dawson knows is like the pain of like the person that you were once in love with falling in love with someone else. And those are different pains. Yeah, exactly. And like, and so, and they kind of can't be compared in a way, you know? Like, no, definitely not. Like her husband of like, however, 40 some odd years died, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's uh, like, I yeah, you can still get to that. see Joey. You still get <laughs> yeah, to be friends with her. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. My share of heartbreak, but like that doesn't like, I can't imagine what that heartbreak that Grams went through, you right. know? That's totally. So, they're not totally. comparable. Yeah. And I mean, Graham just is kind of like, look, a moment, a single moment of pure joy is better than a lifetime of sorrow. You know, like it's like the thing is, like we've said, like Joey's risk adverse, but so's Dawson. Mm-hmm. So like taking risks without like like that's a, kind of what I'm trying to say is that like 
he wouldn't risk dating someone unless he thought soulmate was on the table, unless he thought true love was on the table, unless he thought like this, like grand romantic, like film that he's written is on the table. Like he wouldn't take a risk of being like, man, I like that girl. I like hanging out with her. Like when I kissed her, it made me feel something. I'd love to explore that more, you know? And like, those are risks that like, you learn to take as you start navigating dating and as you start getting older and he's like kind of on this journey, um, just like, you know, kind of stuck in his own head about it, you know? And he also didn't have to, he didn't get to hear the story about Thomas Culpepper, which is why we as the viewer are like Dawson step off. (laughs) Yeah. Graham's knows some shit. Dawson. She dated Thomas Culpepper story is fucking tragic. Yes, they got one kiss and he died. She never saw him again. And she still is fine. Yeah. Oh, Thomas Culpepper. Man with most beautiful blue eyes. (laughs) So we go back to the college party and Gretchen or Pacey is telling Gretchen like what an asshole Nick is. Yeah. Gretchen's like apologizes. Well, Gretchen's like, yeah, I know. I know. (laughs) And then he does. Yeah. And then and then he apologizes. Like like, I'm sorry for like standing up for that dude. Like I'm truly sorry. Yeah. And Pacey's like, he's the reason you left school, huh? And Gretchen's like, no, no. The reason I left school is me. Yeah. (laughs) Well, so like, first of all, I want to say I feel like this episode is like Dawson and Pacey trying to protect women that are not only not asking for protection, but are like actively telling them not to do this. Yes. And like, and like, then they're not listening and then they're getting schooled. And there's a part of me that's like, I mean, I'm glad you're like learning lessons and I hope you take them forward with you. Yeah. And like, I've been a teenager, like I've said, I've been a teenager too, but like, also, I'm like, but, you know, please learn the lesson that, like, you should listen to these women. Yeah. You know? And Pacey, like, yeah, so Gretchen is like, you know, I'm the reason I left school. And then Pacey asks what Nick did. And Gretchen's like, nothing that I didn't allow to happen. It's my fault, too. Which is true. But I also kind of hate this framing. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. like you can clarify that Nick did not force you to do anything you didn't want to do without saying I allowed it to happen. Yes. I mean, that uh, use of language is pretty horrific. Yeah. And she's like, you know, I can't I just I can't blame him only. And like, you shouldn't either. And then she tells Pacey what happened. Yeah, she's like, look, I got pregnant and I had a miscarriage. Yeah, and Pacey is like stunned. He sighs. (laughs) He says he's sorry. Yeah, he apologizes. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I would not have been trying to force you together if I had known this. I'm sorry. And, you know, that's my thing is like, she's been telling you the whole time that like, she does not want this. And you haven't been listening. Exactly. It's hard that women have to share secrets they don't want to, to like get the response that they've been asking for. Yeah, totally. And then like Pacey like asks how Nick reacted when he found out and Gretchen's like, he doesn't know. Yeah. She's like, I didn't, she's like, I didn't tell him, you know, he was planning on sleeping around. I didn't want to tell him. And this like plowed right into me how much women carry. Yeah. That like men 
A, have no idea about. And, like, you can argue that it's Gretchen's fault. She didn't tell Nick. But, like, women carry things. Mm-hmm. Women yeah, I mean, things. we don't know. Like, maybe she didn't feel safe telling him. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, there's so many things at play that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And Pacey is, like, really mad at himself for thinking that Nick was cool. And, yeah. like, and, and he's, like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna go, like, get him. Like, basically, like, I'm gonna go fucking punch this guy. Yeah. And Gretchen's, like, no, 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 like, Pace. Like, no, I'm not a fucking victim. Like, yeah. and I don't want him to know. Like, I made that choice on my own. Yeah. I don't need him to know this. Like, what yeah. purpose would that serve? Yeah. You know? And she's just, like, and, like, calm down. No one else knows about this but besides Dawson. <laughs> Which Pace leaves Pacey stunned. And he's Pacey's like, shook. <laughs> shook. He's like, you told Dawson before you told me? <laughs> and Gretchen's like, yeah, he's my friend. Yeah, and Pacey's He's like, like, I'm your brother. And Gretchen, quite rightly, is like, and you have a very specific way of how a sister is supposed to behave, like an idea of how a sister is supposed to behave. Yeah. And like, I, I, back to Cape Side to find who I am, to, you know, find myself. Mm-hmm. And like, you know. I, I'm going to say, moving back to your hometown to find yourself, I don't think is the best idea. Move to a yeah. different place. But she did, and she I didn't know, like I know. the person she found, you know, or she became, you totally. know. I'm just saying, if you want to get away from your past self, moving back home is, like, maybe not the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad she's here. Um, yeah. So, you know, and then Gretchen, like, says this really, I think, kind of wise thing, which she's like, Pacey, like, all the things that you like about Nick, I like about Nick, too. Like, he's <laughs> yeah, fucking charming. Like, fucking complicated. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And feelings are fucking complicated. Like he's charming and and nice. And yeah, he's smarmy and shitty and that's part of it. But like the charm and the cuteness and like all of that, like, yeah, it attracts me to him too. You know? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the complicatedness of Dawson too, is that like he comes from this good family. He has these good intentions, but like he still then is a piece of shit. Like, you know, a lot of the time. So like, you know like people are just complicated and and right then of course nick walks up and gives gretchen a beer and they sort of walk off together and leaving pacey like yeah just like brain short circuiting (laughs) yeah exactly and like we see in this moment how like pacey kind of has the idea of like what a good guy is and a bad guy yeah yeah yeah, so we go from that to do- to Mr. Brooks. Dawson's like editing the documentary, and On Mr. His Brooks laptop. is like, "What, yeah. <laughs> girl? Don't ask questions." So like, Mr. Brooks is in a suit too, like ready I for know. a night out. Like they're and- going to Leary's Fresh Fish <laughs> and a fucking Rialto movie. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> okay, and like D- Mr. Brooks and Dawson are fighting about this scene. Um, like, you know, and basically Dawson's like, but your face, like, it gives so much emotion, like, we can't cut it, and Brooks, like, compliments Dawson's eye, and is like, you know, you're getting better, kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sweet, because, like, yeah. you see how Mr. Brooks is kind of, like, pushing yeah, back on Dawson's, like, you know, film choices, mm-hmm. and Dawson is standing firm, like, he's, yeah. like, this is, like, a lesson that, this is how you learn from mentors, you're learning a lesson of, like, how to advocate for your art. Mm-hmm. And Brooks tells Dawson that he's like growing fond of Mrs. Ryan and he shows Dawson these earrings that he bought her and he's like, you know, are these okay? Dawson's, Dawson's triggered by earrings. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I'm triggered, but in a totally different way. <laughs> um, and he's super uncomfortable. And like Brooks picks up on his discomfort. And Dawson's yeah. like, you know, I don't think I should give you advice about any of this. <laughs> and Mr. Brooks is like, I mean, is this because a dying man is fond of a woman who's like a grandma to you? Yeah. And, and Dawson? Dawson's like, yeah, like, I don't want her to go through another death. Yeah. And Mr. Brooks is like, she knows I'm sick. Right. We're old. Come on. <laughs> right. And and Brooks is like, you know, look, the only thing worse than the pain of loss is the pain of inaction. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Dawson says, you haven't said anything to each other about this. So, like, how do you know how each other's feeling? And, and Brooks just says this actually this great line, which he says, you know, the end of the race is inevitable. Yeah. And he says, make no mistake, kid. God intends to kill us all. And I like fucking I actually fucking love that line. Yeah. <laughs> just like. I mean, I agree. And that's why it's hard to watch Dawson being like, oh, my God, Mr. Brooks is dying. And like, Grams can't go through that again. Like, you know, like, I just think that like Grams like has friends and siblings that have died. Like the amount of death she's gone through, like at this point yeah. in her life is like, you know, it's different. And like, I don't know, it's hard. Like, it's just like this weird childish behavior it that is, we're seeing yeah. from Dawson. Yeah. Yeah, and like these two people connect and they have a connection. And so like mm-hmm. let them have it for as long as they get to have it for. Yeah, exactly. And Brooks kind of has this like, you know, look, I had a hard time with connecting with people for a long time. But like, you know, life kind of put this in front of my face and I can't like I, you can't say no. Like you have to live and die on your own terms. Yeah, and, absolutely. Like, you can't be Dawson, scared of heartbreak. Yeah. And Dawson just looks at him and he's like, give her the earrings. Mm-hmm. And Brooks is like, thank you, kid. I like that he calls him kid. I think yeah, that's cute. very charming. <laughs> so we go back to the party and Nick and Gretchen are like reminiscing about, <laughs> you know, their their past. Yeah, um, uh, about the night they like locked themselves in the ro- a room and boned all night. <laughs> instead of studying. Is, instead of studying, which is, I mean, uh, that tracks. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Gretchen's just like, yeah, I mean, we definitely had a lot of fun times together, but they're in the past. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And Nick's like, come up to my room. Like, I know you didn't come just to pick up the car. Like, right. you know, I know you came to like see me. Yeah. And he's like, you came a long way. Don't you want to go the rest of the way? Which is a <laughs> lot for me to handle. <laughs> And he pulls her upstairs as Pacey sees them, you know? Yeah. Oh, also, you just totally get it. Like, as a Gretchen, you're like, yeah, obviously she loved fucking him. So, of course, she's like, damn. Like, you know? 100%. Yeah, we've all been there, girl. Um, And, like, and there's this great, like, visual, like, comedy thing that happens because, like, they go up the stairs and there's, like, you know, there's, like, the railing and then there's like a little like pillar kind of thing that has a flat yeah. surface and Gretchen leaves her beer on the surface and Nick picks it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I noticed it and I thought it was funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's so true to, you know, I, I don't know. I, 
I was going to say your first sexual relationship, but I think it's like, I don't think it's, it's only your first where like, you're like, I enjoy having sex with you and I'm here and we're both single and like, perhaps, yeah, you know. Yeah. And you're already like, have some habits, you know? Yeah. 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 You know what people like. Yeah. Totally. So we go back then to the storage closet with Drew and Joey who are arguing over who gets to be upset. (laughs) <laughs> because Drew's like, you tried to kill me, and Joey's like, you tried, you tried to, kiss to kiss me. me. And Drew, uh, Joey's right. <laughs> yeah. Drew's like, I saved your life, and I was acting on the moment. And Joey's like, as was I. <laughs> <laughs> and then Drew's like, how mm-hmm. did a pretty girl get so mean? <laughs> what the fuck? Fuck you, Drew. Fuck you. He tells her the best boys are terrified of her, her and they call her El Toro, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. And I wish that nickname had stuck to Joey. <laughs> I know. That's funny. If he if Drew started calling her that. El Toro, yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny. And Joey- yeah, I'm like, Joey is kind of upset at this, you know? Like, I don't think she wants to be taking out shit on the best boys, you no. know? <laughs> no. But Joey's like, look, when you're used to living on your own, you look to, you use, you learn to take care of yourself and you develop a bit of a thick outer shell, which I am calling bullshit on. First of all, Joey, you do not live on your own. <laughs> she's so mean to Gretchen. Bessie. Sorry, Bessie. Yeah, she's <laughs> so mean to Bessie. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like Bessie and like, Bodie. Bessie's like done for her, and she constantly is being like a classist to Bessie and like giving into the like you stuck here. You your life amounted to nothing. Bessie owns a giant B and B. She's a fucking a great life. And like Bodie yeah. is there. Like Bodie yeah. is like you the know Bessie. Son. It's like come on. And Bessie and Bodie like are kind of parent parental figures to you and like are great and love you and like Bodhi gave you advice on like how to deal with your sister when she found condoms in your room like like you have people Joe you have a support network I wish that was acknowledged more because Um, I mean it's true she doesn't have parents that's pretty fucking hideous you know but like well and my thing is parents either right my thing is like Joey's thick outer shell I mean obviously let me put this disclaimer in here again which is that i do not have any kind of degree that classifies me to be able to say the thing i'm about to say so take Uh it with a lot of salt but it seems pretty textbook like joey's dad went to prison her mom died she just has felt a tremendous amount of pain for someone so young and has a thick outer shell because it's like you know that's a coping mechanism that she has And I, the thing I think is interesting is like, okay, why does Pacey get to to be let in? Why does even Jen, even Jen now has been sort of let in Jack? Why does he get let in? Like Mm -hmm. what the people that are let through these, these armor, why are they let through? That's my thing with Joey that I think is fucking fascinating. Totally. Anyway. Then Drew is like, he's like, I'm jealous your dad's in prison. Being with my dad is like being in a prison. <laughs> what? That's a lot. That's a lot of white boy privilege that I got thrown, <laughs> thrown around right here. And he's like, then he tells Joey actually a truly horrifying story, which is that he walked in on his dad cheating on his mom with someone on the kitchen floor one day. Yeah. And like, that's really awful. Yes. <laughs> like, I'll, you know, 
I'm like, hey, Drew, you might have some trauma too. <laughs> yeah. So I this mean, it's co- hard because like they they keep doing these where men are truly horrific, and then they're like, yeah, but like let me say something nice or let me share you my trauma, right. and you're like, okay, like you know, like that's I feel for you horrific drew but like you've sexually assaulted and you've habitually sexually harassed joey so like right and so so like this drew's airing of his trauma yeah his pain and loneliness like softens joey to him ever so slightly and like she takes off her sweater and like they kind of puts it over both of them yeah and he wonders what Pacey's up to. Yeah, and, it's like, is Pacey going to know that you're gone? Yeah, and, and she's like, oh, he's on a road trip with his sister. And Drew's like, how do you make it work with someone so different than you? And she's like, we're not that different. True. That's I really know. True. <laughs> and Drew's like, Drew says, you know, you're responsible and reasonable and he's reckless and rash. And Joey gives this great speech and like you really I I love it when you can feel how much she loves Pacey because like yeah. she's like look he's constantly surprising me and yeah. he's intensely passionate that's what reckless and rash look like in our relationship. Yeah. And like those differences are really important and they make our relationship deeper. Totally. And like, I'm like, yeah, Joe, good. <laughs> like, I love it. I love it. Like, good. I know. It's so I'm sweet glad you we, see how I great. Love when, yes. When we hear how she sees him and yeah. how much she loves him, I feel like we don't see that that much. Yeah. Um. And, and I think that's I, actually a failing on the part of the show. That absolutely. Like, that they don't show it that much because like when they do show it on both fronts, like Pacey and Joey, both, although you see it from Pacey more than you see it from Joey. Yes. But like them fighting, like I, they do fight a lot for a couple that is like as intensely in love with each other as they are. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, so, but also they're in high school. I think it's reasonable. <laughs> yeah. They're in high school. Yeah. And I, I've been in high totally. school. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so, yeah. So. But Drew can't handle Joey's happiness. So he's like, yeah, that might work in high school, but Harvard isn't admitting reckless boys. Just so the c- world's cutest couple can stay together. What the like, fuck? <laughs> also, all Harvard admits is reckless boys seemingly. Just know. an FYI. <laughs> <laughs> um Jared Kushner went to fucking Harvard. So yeah, for real. Yeah, pretty sure he's the reason that five hundred thousand people have died. Mm-hmm. Um and but like, you know, the thing is is that Drew, like we've said this before, knows exactly what buttons to push in mm-hmm. everyone. So yeah. like has this moment of like, I'm I know the button. I know yeah. your button. I know what's wrong with you in your relationship and the thing that you guys keep like coming back to. And so I'm going to push on it. And then Joey offers to punch him in the nose, which to, to match his black eye, which like fair. That's how I feel about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> fuck you. You know, I mean, if Drew was her friend, they could have a conversation of like, well, so what's going to happen between y'all? Yeah. When, like, senior when you graduate but drew's a fucking shitster piece of shit so it's like fuck off (laughs) exactly so we go to nick's room (laughs) which is full of candles and like lights all all lit yeah he just like lit the candles and left them burning i mean i have a lot of problems slash questions with that 
He also chugs the beer that he took off the landing. (laughs) (laughs) And he like starts kissing Gretchen's neck and like, you know, telling her how well he knows her. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it feels so good to be together again. And they like start kissing each other on the bed and Gretchen pushes him off. And is like, like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Yeah. (laughs) like and she's like this used to be enough but like it's not anymore (laughs) like okay not feeling this yeah yeah and like nick is like not just an asshole he's also like just fucking weird because he goes into this speech where he's like they told you to stay away from guys like me right like i'm the cookie jar high on the shelf (laughs) i'm just like sir what the fuck are you talking about I know. <laughs> he's just like a Chris Wolf guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he's like one of those guys that's like, I'm the bad boy and they told you to stay away from me, but like, I'm like the hot prize. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, you're not though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, he, she, he starts kissing her again and she pushes him off. And she's like, you're right. Like, I just am not that girl anymore. Yeah. Like, that is what I felt about you. Yeah. And I no longer feel it. But Nick's, like, she has this, like, realization and then looks over and he's, like, fucking passed out. Totally passed out. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) And then she, like, kisses him and says thank you and leaves. Yeah. (laughs) Or does she leave? Uh, I thought she did. I thought she, like, went to the room she was supposed to stay in. Yeah, totally. But I, I perhaps made that up. Yeah, I might have blinked when that happened. (laughs) Yeah, so we wake up in the morning and Gretchen is leaving the house and she finds Pacey like fixing the car. It's got the tires back on it and like he's, you know, handling everything. And he's kind of like a dick to Gretchen about going up with Nick, you know? Yeah, he's like, I fixed the car. I wish I could do the same for your life. Like, fuck Mm -hmm. you. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely like, proving Gretchen right about the fact that he has this idea of who she is and how she should behave, you know? Yeah. And he's like, she's kind of like, or he says to her, like, look, I know you were like the good girl in school. Like you had all the popularity, you were a cheerleader, you had the good grades, you had it all. And like, you're just looking for the bad boy. Mm -hmm. And it's like an interesting framing. So similar to Dawson. Yeah. I know, I know. And, like, you know, he's, like, you know, but this guy's, like, an ass. Like, you know, and and then Pacey kind of takes on, like, some guilt. He's, like, I know it's my fault that I pushed you to Nick. And, like, but I also just, like, wanted you to be with someone I understood. Someone a little like me. And Gretchen's, like, like, you're nothing like that piece of shit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, I was, like, yeah, Pacey. Like, you might be able to kind of bro down a little bit with him. But, like, when it comes to, like, like, toxic masculinity, like, yeah, yeah, you have some of it, particularly in regards to Gretchen. But, like, you were not, like, you're not, like, oh, great, Joey's in a different area code. So I'm going to, like, fuck some rando. Yeah, exactly. No, that's not you. Oh. And Pacey yeah. then gives this kind of great line, which is like, you deserve someone who commit to you and listen to you and like who's gonna make you the center of their universe. And he try he starts to go on and Gretchen's like someone like Dawson. Like, Dawson? And he's like, That's not what I meant. Yeah. And I don't know. 
<sighs> that's rough and like i like what pacey says like i like him being a bit good brother and being like you yeah. deserve someone so much that's gonna treat you so well like you deserve to be treated well but also like she gets to decide who that is totally yeah exactly and she you know and it's like i don't know and also like the whole like is that dog i guess he does make people the center of his universe <laughs> yeah, but, like in yeah. a way that's like oh do you want that you know yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> and, and she just admits to pacey like look i came to say goodbye to nick like you know yeah, and you know nothing who, happened like, yeah nothing happened like and you know who i got that strength from i got it from you yeah. pacey and you were right like i do deserve better right and, and she's like you know, you're my brother and you've always treated me so well. And I like learned from you that I deserve to be treated that well. Yeah. She's like, from a little age, sisters look to their brothers for cues of how they should be treated. So brothers, comrades out there, did you hear that? If you mm. let bad behavior pass at women's expense, they're being taught that that is acceptable. Okay. Yep. You know? Yep. Yep. Um, And she like, She's like, you know, you've always treated me well, and I really thank you for that, and I love you for that. And they hug. It's, like, really sweet. It's, it's a so nice... sweet. Yeah. yeah. And so Pacey... Then Pacey's like, you know, you do need better music. I have a Pink <laughs> Floyd album that you could listen to. And Gretchen's like, no thanks. I have a CD mix that I want to listen to. <laughs> like, girl. Yeah, Ooh. and he's like, I'll see you at home. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah, it is cute. They're sweet. Um, so we go back to Dawson's house and Dawson asks Jack if he believes in fate. <laughs> and Jack's like, uh, you know, like what? Like if I had done something differently, I wouldn't have busted my shoulder. You know, he kind of like mm. brings it to football. And he's like, look, I used to think about that constantly. Like if I had done X, Y, Z thing, would it be different? But like, then yeah. you can't like, I got sick of thinking about it. Like, I just can't spin about that. Yeah, shit. My yeah, sister's yeah. Andy. <laughs> like right. I've got coping skills about this. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Dawson's like, you know, Brooks is dying and actively pursuing a relationship with Grams who knows, but doesn't seem to mind. Yeah. And Jack's like, well, <laughs> Maybe they're just okay with it, you know, because everyone has their own ways of dealing with risk taking. Yeah. J Jack gets super college about it. Like these people need to be in college immediately because he <laughs> says like the arbitrary nature of life and love can be frightening and everyone has their <laughs> way of coping. And I was like, girl, I'm definitely <laughs> some dude in college said something exactly like that to me. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Yeah, and he just look Jack's such a good friend. He looks at Dawson. He's like, even you, like, yeah, Dawson. Don't you think you're being driven by fear? Yeah, like you made you made mistakes because Dawson's like, I'm trying not to make the same mistakes I made in the past, and Jack's mm -hmm. like, but those mistakes brought you to where you are now. And yeah, like, he's like, maybe they're not mistakes, right? Like, this is how you. It's all about how you frame it. Yeah, it wasn't a mistake, <laughs> you know, and like to not pr have sex with Joey at the beginning of season three. That was how you felt at the time. Mm -hmm. But like, there's always these consequences to actions, you know? Sure. Sure. And like, you know, you, you like the, all of these things that happened brought you to this point where you are into this girl that you loved before you loved Joey Potter mm -hmm. and you ha are in possession of a letter that expresses how you feel about her. 
Yeah. And maybe you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, it's good advice to me. Totally. So we go back to the storeroom and Joey's like kind of passed out on Drew's arm and she wakes up and they kind of banter. Yeah. Like Drew accuses her of snoring and she's like, I don't snore. You smell. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sort of deodorant or whatever. Yeah. And then we like hear a buzzing and Joey's like, what the fuck is that? And she like reaches into his pocket and he's like, hey, come on, you got to take me out on a date before you do that. And she realizes Drew has his fucking cell phone. Yeah. And she is like traumatized. (laughs) Yeah. She's like, you orchestrated this whole thing. I don't know what the fuck you did when I was sleeping. Like, oh, my God. She's like, literally, like, was I drugged and raped last night? Yeah. She's like, and he's like, oh, don't worry. I was a gentleman. But I looked down your, I only looked down your shirt and then, like, knows everything about her bra. Her (laughs) bra size, the color, the brand, what it looks like. It's fucking disgusting. (laughs) This episode is, like, a mess. This episode is a mess. <laughs> it's wild. It and is so disgusting. She, it's disgusting. She answers the phone and she's like, yeah, we're locked in the the storeroom. Like, yeah. get us the fuck out of here. And so we see Miss Valentine just run in and she just blames Joey for Drew having a black eye. Yeah. And she and she's like, oh, so like, it's your fault that he has a black eye. And and Joey's like, this is all his fault. Like yeah. every fucking, <laughs> including the black eye, his fault. And Mrs. Yeah. Valentine is like, oh, you're saying my son would rather be locked in a closet with you than spend the weekend with his father. And Joey, of course, like the truth Realize smacks her in the face. She's yeah. like, oh, OK. And she and gives she- Drew a fucking pass. <laughs> girl i know girl i know i know and i'm just like is this because her brother dawson showed her that she should behave this way towards men Hmm. or men should behave that way towards her Mm -hmm. i mean he did sexually assault her too (laughs) yes he did um so before we go to the next scene we're supposed to get this cue of i think god can explain by splendor which is on the dawson's creek soundtrack but not in the streaming (laughs) wild (laughs) And we go to Gretchen and Pacey's and Gretchen as Gretchen gets back and there's a note pinned to like <laughs> the porch, <laughs> the porch. And it's Dawson's letter to her from when he was a little kid. And like, yeah, we start hearing the voiceover <laughs> yeah. of the letter. <laughs> yeah. And we see like, as it's, we see the voiceover, like we see, or we, as we hear the voiceover, we see Brooks we give Graham's the earrings. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch and Gail are watching their ultrasound. Yeah. And Gretchen is driving and crying. I've been been there, girl. Been there. (laughs) Pacey and Joey are sitting on their, on her dock cuddling and like kind of, we imagine catching up on the weekend. You know, it's it's really cute. It's so pretty too. It's so cute. And Dawson is hammering something. He looks like a dad about to grill in the backyard. He looks like, He's got like this longish hair and flannel. It's and like, yeah. whatever. And he's hammering something random. Okay. Yeah. When Gretchen pulls up and walks yeah. over to him, still crying. <laughs> and he's like, well, wonder- she's like got the letter in her hand too. And she's like, yeah. her tears are like running down her face. <laughs> and he's like, what took so long? And it's supposed to be romantic, but like, you know, this like, movie what took so long and she's like i had a few things to do first and then he kisses her yeah in his carpenter jeans 
<laughs> Look, I, I my note at the ending was like, do I like this ending? Question mark. I was like, it is so rom com, and I like kind of love a rom com ending. Yeah, but also like, do I like it? I don't. I I'm not sure that I have like come down on the side if I yeah, like I it or not. With you, like I like what they're trying to do, and like the montage and Dawson's growth, and like yeah. the like what took you so long is so rom com. You know, so like, that's, like yeah, millions of rom coms. You know, and so you're like you're kind of there. You're like, all right, I'm in this, but like. I guess because it's like this, she's falling in love with him because of a letter he wrote when he was 11. It just like <laughs> feels a little bit disturbing to me because of the history of Dawson's Creek and their mm. like obsession with like sexually assaulting young kids, you know? It, uh, yeah, I do. I do. I mean, that episode's, it's kind of a mess. I mean, it's not yeah. that it's not enjoyable in some parts, but yeah. it's messy and I, the plot is so thin, like across the board. I'm just yeah. kind of like, eh. Yeah, the the Dawson like being obsessed with Grams and her finding love like doesn't make any sense at all. You yeah, know, it's, it's, I, it's like it, you kind of feel like maybe it was written for great for Jen to have that and then like she couldn't be there or something right, you know? right, right, right. Um, because it kind of doesn't make sense that Dawson cares like that much about it um, yeah, I like, like Dawson wouldn't growth. just go to Jen and say hey like just an FYI yeah this. or like yeah, yeah exactly yeah. I like his growth that he's like on this journey you know like he's trying to like be who he wants to be you know I think he struggles because he doesn't practice communicating with people so he hasn't even like worked out verbally like he's always in his head so he hasn't like verbally worked out like what he's doing with his life and so that can feel like you know I guess just boring after watching him for four seasons do the same thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um when we've seen like at least character growth like for better or worse than all of our other characters (laughs) (laughs) um i love him and jack as friends you know that's good yeah uh i don't fuck with these storylines about joey being sexually harassed and sexually assaulted i mean agreed it's uh it's tiring yeah and it's just like to remember like these are the stories like i was raised with every woman every Mm -hmm. woman my age was raised with like you know to just know that like this is what we were shown like our hero the strong woman puts up with and how it's represented that the strong woman you know of our age handles it it's like well and the fact that like you know drew crosses all kinds of boundaries and then the second she learns about you know the fact the why he did what he did why he they were stuck in the storeroom together it's not that he doesn't deserve empathy or sympathy he does but like well they both do like yeah but like yes drew i'm fucking sorry that sounds fucking twisted but like you can't be walking around sexually assaulting people you can't you can't (laughs) be fucked up to women like you can't be doing that you know like you can have empathy for drew while still being like you're fucked up you know right. it's like not one story right exactly exactly so so who are you rooting for <laughs> i mean in this episode kind of gretchen yeah like grams grams yeah 
<laughs> Grams and Gretchen are like the only ones. Like, Jack, I mean, Gretchen, okay, I feel like but... Jack's okay, but there are times when I'm kind of like, why do you care so much about this? Or why are you behaving like this? Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I feel like I understand Gretchen the most in this episode. Mm. Just because, like, I, I too have been a 21 year old woman, you know? Yeah. No, and, and totally. And it would make choices. Yeah, because it would make sense that you would have this really toxic guy and then be like, no, I should be with a good guy. And so you would, like, yeah. pursue someone who you've been told by society and people in your town is a good guy. Right. And, like, you know, and being like, okay, well, this is what I deserve this, despite what my instincts are telling me that we're just friends, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and like, you know, for whatever reason, and this, like, she's still like, she's older than our kids, but she's still like, what, 21, you know, 2021. You're still not making great choices. (laughs) Yeah. She's still like a young person. So it's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all I got, I though. I mean, like, everyone yeah. else is a mess. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Looking for totally. Jen at her fish concert, wherever I that know. may be. <laughs> totally. <laughs> cool. Okay, for our listener corner, um, first, I want to say thank you to all of our listeners that reached out, DM, DM'd us, messaged me, um, you know, about sharing my story last week. Um, I you know, holding space with me, carrying that weight, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Julia, we didn't have any of our dude listeners reach out. I didn't see any. No. Yeah. And like, you know, as we grow and as we change and we, as we like try to dismantle the patriarchy, like mm. I just, I'm going to call you out. Like, and I just want to know like how in what ways are you being allies to women in your life when they share stories Mm -hmm. and like, how are you holding that weight? And, you know, if you see women saying, thank you for sharing, Mm -hmm. thank you. Are you doing that too? Yeah. You know? And like, I think that like, if it feels scary to and that maybe you're not doing the right thing you just remember that you're ingrained with the patriarchy in you and that like we have to do things that feel scary Mm -hmm. to move along and you know in these situations we always have to ask ourselves of like what would I do next time Mm -hmm. and so to our dude listeners next time you need to think about that. You need to practice and you need to see what the women in your life are doing. And if they're saying thank you to someone that's sharing, you should be doing that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I, I, I tried not to respond to the people on Twitter who said thank you just cause I didn't feel like I, it was my space to, right. to um, respond to their, their um, words about it. But um you know, even for me seeing that and seeing the support, um, you know, from the people who did reach out was really, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, it made me feel good too. Um, the, the women and, and it was the ones who, that I saw and please do correct if, if we're wrong. Um, but the ones that I saw were all women and, and were really like, I think it meant a lot to them that you, yeah. um, that you shared that and, you know, we're, 
we're two strangers to you all that just come into your ear pods um, while you're working out or, <laughs> or <laughs> totally. driving to work or whatever you're doing. Um, but also, you know, this is this is a community and it is your space. And, you know, I think both of us have shared stories sometimes that are difficult for us to share and that are that are painful parts of um, our lives that we've gone through. And that does... <laughs> As much as sometimes it feels like you and it's just you and I talking here, yeah. like, you know, there is, we do know that it goes out to a public sphere. Um, and we know that, that there's a, a good number of you guys listening. <laughs> and so, um, Definitely. and but it's do scary. Contact us for sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's scary. And, um, it, it is sometimes it can be really scary. And so hearing that, hearing that support, um, does mean a, a great deal. Um, and even if it's not directed at me, even if it's support for something that you're doing, um, and I see it, it, it means a great deal to me too. So, yes, we love this space, you know, yeah. but again, as we're moving forward inch by inch, <laughs> slowly, slowly, like, yeah. you know, we have to ask yep. more of our allies. Yep. Yep. Totally. Cool. Totally. So, um, this is from Nicole. I have an Andy theory. I think she is OCPD, different than OCD, basically obsessed with perfection, order, rigid in their beliefs and morals, need for control. Google for more info. Mm -hmm. I myself was diagnosed with this about a year ago. And while I always liked Andy on the show, I didn't really relate to her until I was older. I think this would explain a lot of her responses. Her brother coming out would have been problematic because in her mind, being gay was different and she didn't want that in her own life. Mm -hmm. Her need to help Pacey get good grades was driven by the need to control and have everything in her life perfect. Her decision to take E in season four and to get shit-faced in season two was because she needed to use a substance to be Mm -hmm. able to let go. I could go on and on. Yeah. I mean, I think that I don't know a lot about that diagnosis, so I, mm-hmm. I can't speak directly to it, but like, it seems like that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I think the way that I relate to Andy is <laughs> in her, <laughs> in her yeah. control a little bit. Like, um, I, I'm the type of person that like, it's really hard for me to wrap my head around why you would make a de- decision that's different from the decision that I would make. Um, I have, I like struggle with, like I, I talked to my therapist about that a lot <laughs> and it's like one of those things where it's like logically in my head, I get it. Like you're a different person than me and you could make a different decision that I could make, <laughs> but there's like a, a big loud part of my brain that's like, but why would you? I'm clearly right. Yeah. <laughs> like my decision-making process is clearly superior. And so, um, even though there are, is some evidence to the contrary on that point. <laughs> right. And um, obviously it's right for you and yeah, your yeah, yeah. unique risk models that you're operating. And my life that I live and like, you know, it's different. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always felt like them not, def- the writers not like kind of defining what Andy had was such a disservice yeah. to that storyline and to the character and why season three was like so problematic because like they didn't have 
anywhere to go with that story. Yeah. And if it had more of like, it's like, like in sci-fi, you have to like build a rules or like you, and you have to kind of set rules around that to like yeah. build these worlds. And like, they act like world building only happens in sci-fi, but it kind of happens in every type of storytelling. Totally. totally. And so like, you know, but it's just more kind of stated that you have to have like some rules in sci-fi and like you kind of wish that like they had done that for Andy's character and like we could have had more time with her because like I've been saying is that like there are so many storylines that could have happened in season four with her that we would have loved to see. Um, yeah. And even like, you know, Nicole is saying like her need to be on a substance to be able to let go would have been such a compelling journey to be like, yeah. What does that mean? And like, how do you navigate that? And like, yeah. <laughs> you know, that would have been so interesting to see as season four unfolded. Um, totally. And totally. And I think like there's a way in which like the lack of specificity actually makes it harder to um, relate in a way. Like, mm -hmm. like I, I, I read this interview with Gloria Calderon Kellett, who um, created, co-created the new, one day at a time reboot and you know it's kind of about her cuban family and a lot of what's in there is very specific to her cuban family right and me as a person who is the grandchild of italian immigrants um you mm -hmm. know my parent my grandparents were born in italy um i felt a lot of kinship even though almost none of the specifics of these two my family and this family on tv were like at all the same Mm -hmm. it kind of didn't matter it's because like it was because of the specificity that there were like certain things where i was like oh absolutely like that is absolutely right. and so i think actually by not specifying andy's diagnosis by not specifying what andy was struggling with it's hard to really relate to her yeah Exactly. And I think that was a major disservice. And it, totally. And it was hard to know what growth we were looking for after mm. her stay at the hospital Absolutely. or, you know, at the clinic. Like what, what were they addressing there? <laughs> Absolutely. And like, and like, you know, I think we noted, you know, in, in ep episodes in season three, like, doesn't this seem like a red flag for someone with anxiety if she's behaving yeah. like this? And like, you know, there was this kind of like, yeah, it's there, but like, we don't really know what we're going to do and we're not going to really talk about it. And like, yeah, you know, and was... only once they did start talking about it again, when she said to, she talked to Jack, Oh, in the clinic, I learned this. And once she started bringing that conversation back into the fold is once her character started becoming like, you know, right. we could watch her again, yeah. you know, and connect yeah. with her again. Yeah. Um, totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. I'll, Google, I'll also Google that and, and, you know, um, looking yeah. Because thanks for bringing that to our attention. Yeah. Nicole. Thank you. Yeah. For our workforce bound, this is from Alva. I thought you two might like to know um, the process here in Ireland. It differs yeah. a lot from the U.S. So here in our final year of high school, we conduct a series of exams called the Leaving Certificate, which covers all the subjects for you the, all the subjects you do for the final two years of school, at least seven subjects. And the results of these exams conducted in the June of your final year decides your chances of getting into college. It can be quite stressful time for students, as you imagine, and favor students who perform well in exams, but it's the best we've come up with. In the time of COVID, it's been a challenge for the government to organize and was canceled last summer. And 
they used a calculated grade system instead. This summer will be a mixture of the two. You feel for the students with all that change. I personally hope the government takes this opportunity to see if they can come up with a more well-rounded way to gain access to college. One positive aspect of our system is that I think makes it better than the U.S. is our system is completely anonymous. Your exams are corrected by teachers outside of your school and you have a, an exam number on your name and the paper. One story that shows the fair aspect of our system is a girl I went to high school with was the daughter of a property developer who at the time of our leaving certificate was building a new library in my college, Trinity College. The oh, that's, school, a great, that's a great college. This girl's first choice was this college, and mm. she didn't get in as she did not have the grades high enough. She got into another great college anyway, so no big deal. However, I did think at that time that if it was the U.S., she would have definitely yeah. gotten into the college of her choice if her father ha was so connected to that college. So although I would like our entrance to college to be based on more than just academics, at least we have a system that is anonymous and unbiased. The final point on our college system that I'd like to share with you is that we have free third level education. We still pay an entrance fee and that's very little when I attended college and has increased slightly. So maybe out of reach for some, which is not fair, but it generally enables people, most people to attend college if they wish. Yeah. Um, that's fascinating. I I'm sorry. Will you repeat the name of the person? Alva. Alva. So that's fascinating. I, first of all, have definitely walked around Trinity College in Dublin and, and a beautiful, beautiful campus. Um, can't, can't speak highly enough of what a beautiful space that is. Um, and uh, I agree with you. I have, I've kind of like maybe briefly mentioned this, but I did um, do my junior year abroad in London, England, mm -hmm. um, which has some of the similar things. <laughs> Not London, Ontario. <laughs> Not London, Ontario, Sorry. Canada. Um, <laughs> um nor London dairy, although I would, I mean, I would call that dairy, but, um, but so, uh, so anyway, um, I, so I have had the experience of the testing. Um, I had to take some of my exams in one of those testing situations. And I, I do agree. It's, it's far superior. Um, though the testing hall that I took it in was quite cold. Um, but other than that, it was a pretty, it was nice to, to not be graded, um, based on, you know, just, just by what you were doing and not based on anything else. Um, right. so I do agree. I do agree with that. I also think like, I also, when I was in London, which was quite some time ago, um, there were big protests that the students led because of the raising of fees in England, um, for university mm -hmm. and then when they I remember when they right. told me what the fees were raising to I burst out <laughs> laughing because <laughs> I was like and I was like I'm so sorry you're right I mean this is correct protest this yeah, yeah. but also yeah, oh my yeah. god <laughs> it, was like, it was like they're raising to 1500 pounds and I was like per year <laughs> well that's it was only 1200 in Santa Cruz or per quarter we were there per quarter no 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 it cost i feel like it cost quite a bit more than that no well there was other uh, <laughs> i don't know there were like fees and whatever but okay yeah 
anyway, so my, it was, but I, I agree. I think that the Irish system, it sounds like from what you're saying, probably runs a bit better. I mean, the, the U S and nepotism is like a, a marriage that we wish we could get rid of. And um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it just, the reality is the original sin of racism is like inescapable in the U S so like a testing based system is near impossible, you know, like there's so many assumptions that would have to happen. Like one of the best examples is like, if you have a question about lacrosse, there's an assumption that people know what lacrosse is. Does everyone know what lacrosse is or do white people know what lacrosse is? You know, if you use names in a written question, who the fuck is Gregory to, group communities that live here, you Mm -hmm. know, and on top of that, the original sin of slavery means that we had, you know, 250 years where it was illegal for stolen black bodies to get educated. And then there was like a hundred years after that, where it was like illegal, not in name, but in reality, Mm -hmm. you know? And so this intergenerational problem is like, it's really hard and it feels insurmountable at times, you know? Um, and it's, it's hard. I don't know. Like it's hard to imagine an America and like, I'd love to get there, but it's hard to imagine an America where we could even have an system like that and have it be remotely equitable yeah equitable right because because we one of the things that we're struggling with right now or or dealing with rather is like the SATs which are Mm -hmm. I mean a decidedly inequitable system and yeah there was I, I forget what um there was one example that I heard of like when you when you go outside and turn on the hose you know, I forget what the actual term was that they used on one of the tests, but it was like people who live in apartments don't have this. And yeah. so like anyone who grew up in an apartment doesn't even know what you're fucking talking about. Like, like you know spigot. what I mean? Like a spigot. I, I yeah. don't know what the actual yeah. word was, but it was one of those things where it was like, there's so much to take into consideration. Um, yeah. And I think that it's like, it's, it, yeah, America's fucking complicated, man. <laughs> America's a complicated no, country. Totally. And on top of that, not to mention all of the communities that English is a second language. So, mm. like, there's already that barrier, you know, and mm-hmm. it's, it's hard. <laughs> I mean, it is hard. It is yeah. hard. And, and it's, because our SATs is anonymous and it, you know, but it's not true. the only deciding factor to getting into college. Um, and you my, know, and like, is, is, uh, the college she went to Trinity, Trinity, is that a, like a, a government institution? I, hmm, that's a good question. I, I believe so, but I, but I'll be corrected on that. Um, yeah. Trinity college Dublin is like probably, I, I don't know. I, it's the one I yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. The, you know. I just mean like in terms of nepotism, like while it exists at the public university level it's like less so well it's like I'll I'll give you an example my mother at some point um was I don't know if she was offered a job at Stanford or was told like hey there's this job opening at Stanford Mm -hmm. which is basically what she was doing I think she would have gotten a lot more money because Stanford's a private institution and actually I would have gotten to go to Stanford for free had I gotten in free yeah and my but my mother worked at the University of California for 40 years. We did not get it for free because it's taxpayer money, you know, like, yeah, that's what and you funds. didn't get like special, like, you know, 
your um enrollment your application didn't get like special no. thing you know no i mean and, the like, only your special mom went to berkeley and you didn't get like special like you know legacy no, berkeley into berkeley could... <laughs> and berkeley like... was like thanks but no thanks we do not want you here <laughs> Yeah. Um, but, but also the only, I would say the only special thing I got was because my mother worked at the university and, and worked in the division that I was majoring mm-hmm. in, my major was in, um, a lot of times professors knew me, yeah. um, knew I look like my mom. So they knew who I was when I, when I would walk into the class and then they would call roll and see my last name. They would know that I was her daughter. Yeah. And, and. <laughs> I want to say the special treatment was like, not that I could miss anything or <laughs> like, in fact, it was quite the opposite. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But it was more that like, you know, just that they knew who I was and that I, um, if I had trouble or needed help, you know, they were really willing to help me. Um, and yeah. I don't know if it's more willing or not, but they were just very nice to me. Right. Um but I, I, but I had to work extra hard, particularly for the people that knew my mother, because I, I don't, I, they didn't report back or anything. But like, you know, I, I would get mentioned in things in discussions. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. So, right, totally. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's really interesting. Um, I, you know, I think in other countries it's fascinating how it all works. Um, and how we how in America things like that might work or not work just because of the complexities of our population, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, No, I mean, I definitely think you want to gather all data and all different models and see like, you know, the ins and outs of it for sure. And like, (laughs) then try to make the best way possible. And also that the different sections that get you into college are equally weighted, right? So Mm -hmm. like your grades or your activities or whatever it is you're doing, that that's equally weighted with testing or equally weighted with something that's better than testing or like an interview or discussion or whatever it is, you know, the, the, the way that you can, like, basically, I think what we haven't found is a way to assess the, like, what kind of a student someone's going to be and if this college is going to be a fit for them um, in a way that actually really accounts for strengths and weaknesses. Right. You know, some people are not good at testing. Some people are not good at interviewing. Some people are, you know, some people are under tremendous pressure at home and thus can't get the grades that they might be able to achieve. Otherwise there, Mm -hmm. there's all these things that you kind of have to factor in and it's fucking hard. I mean, yeah, I know it's hard. And we have like near 400 million people in the U S I don't know how many college age students that is, but it's a lot lot. (laughs) to like try to come up with one, you know, kind of one kind of solution. Yeah. 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 So yeah. We're trying, hopefully. I mean, there's a lot of really interesting conversations happening in regards to this, obviously, like yeah. in, you know, what we're doing in the U.S. now and like. Yeah. And in COVID times. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and what what we think is the how we provide for young adults as yep. they move into the world. <laughs> yep. So I'm excited. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess we should just say cancel student debt, right? <laughs> oh my God. Boy, oh boy. Yeah, help black women. Black women hold Definitely. the most amount of student debt. So cancel that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm on board with that. <laughs>
Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we hope you're staying safe. You know, things are kind of in a transitional period. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's wild, but maybe we'll have summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. But yeah, we're so glad to be here with y'all and we appreciate you every week. Um, yeah. Black Lives Matter, defund the police, mm-hmm. stand with the farmers in India. Mm-hmm. You know, we're Team Megan. We're going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, we're not royalists. What's If you're not a royalist, what are you? A Republican. Uh, is that right? Okay. A Republican? I don't know. Small R Republican? Uh, anti-royalists. <laughs> Americans can't call ourselves Republican, so we're going to say anti-royalists. Not, I don't know. Yeah. Get rid of that monarchy, hear, y'all. It's not doing you any favors. It's weird. <laughs> it's wild to hear a black woman be like, I encountered racism, and then to hear a white man that's a literal prince be like, no, you we're didn't. not racist. Couldn't possibly be. Wild. Wild. It's wild. wild. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Dawson's Critique. You can email us Dawson's Critique at gmail.com. We want to shout out our boy Kilia for making our theme song. You can find him on Instagram at go freaking crazy. You can follow my Finsta at Aaron.hensley. We have merch bit.ly slash Dawson's Critique. And you can order our book. (laughs) I remember everything. Life Lessons from Dawson's Creek, wherever you get your books. Let us shout out the great uh, City Lights bookstore in San Francisco. I might have done that one already, but Lawrence Ferlinghetti died like a week and a half ago. Um, And uh, he was a a major one in my life, um, major poet and uh just a dude my dad was a big fan of his as well um so uh yes yeah, any lights bookstore in san francisco california a great pilgrimage of you when we can travel again um please like a subscribe write a review wherever it is you get your books uh thank you to those of you who have we really appreciate it it helps us immensely when you do that my instagram and twitter handles are at pesty 1079 come listen to me scream about not Dawson's Creek, a bunch of weird shit. Um, <laughs> um, we would like to thank, as always, Andrew Bush, who we're getting closer and closer to seeing in person again. We cannot wait. Totally. <laughs> I know. Uh, Rarebird books can be found online at rarebirdbooklit.com or on social media at rarebirdlit. This has been a Rarebird production. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I want to go right now.